0: Tony here for Little Nation. Coming up on today's show, Tim Kirkchin, Chuck Todd, a monkey in a mailbag, and now, capitalism. It's so absurd because Carville's games are so exotic, like Troy and Texas State. So I have to wait until Sunday morning, and then I have to ask Alexa, Alexa, what was the score of the Troy-Texas State game yesterday? And sometimes I get, I can't help with that. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> These are such minor games that nobody really... So they're not even to. on the scroll on the bottom of Sports Center. No, there's nothing. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Hope everybody had a good Halloween. Nigel has the day off again. Michael is here with me. Uh, did, did, did Bootsy and the Hammer and the Captain go out for Halloween? We are entering prime trick-or-treat uh, years. So, yes, we
1: uh, we went with all three boys. Uh, Bootster went as a SWAT team member. Good. And the Hammer was a T-Rex dinosaur. Uh, we got to take uh, the uh, Captain over to see the boys in their Halloween parade. And then we actually, our, our neighborhood, we have no trick-or-treaters in our street. And I don't know how... What sort of numbers you saw? We had fewer than 10 few. we, total trick-or-treaters. We had almost nothing. So everyone gets in a car and drive. They do a great job. They shut down a street. And, uh, you know, we actually got to see friend of the show, Liz Clark. That's great. And so that was the highlight. We got to take a family photo, which if Liz is uh, listening, would love that photo because it has all five of us. But yeah, they, the neighbor does a great job. They shut down a street, so it feels really safe. Kids are running around. You're, you're seeing a lot of friends, teachers from school, and uh just really
0: good communal spirit then you go back to your house and it's the fall of the house of usher so we we do something because because chessie goes crazy when people come to the door you know she goes nuts this year i put candy out i put it mm-hmm. on a table outside carol made a sign happy halloween take one please yeah, take you know one. not to Terror. take not to take 12 or 13 yeah, try to take five and we put about 50 or 60 small candy bars out in a in a container we got virtually no traffic i mean 10 people 12 i mean nothing virtually nothing. what is
1: your game plan with candy do you are you going for candy that you think is on trend for the kids are you just going with what you want to eat i I, what you want for the next month
0: i like because if there's leftover i'm going to eat it so that's you know so we don't get starburst because i don't like starburst so we get nestle's crunch or butterfinger or Reese's or something like that so yeah so now i have enough candy to last me when did years. you
1: open the first bag of halloween candy to me it, it very much ties in with the world series once the world series starts
0: you can open about up three, the halloween about candy. three days ago about three days ago we opened up the candy and i had a, a few pieces but i didn't because i had no idea how many people were going to come by i i do you hear the numbers on
1: candy inflation this year for trick-or-treating no uh, what percent up do you think candy prices were Oh, ten 10%. A little bit more than that, 14%. So they're saying as you go around trick-or-treating, make sure you say thank you.
0: Wow, 14%. So they're, you know, they're just squeezing. any of the shrinkflation. so you're getting the smaller candy they're bars. They're smaller candy bars. So yesterday, and we do this all the time uh, for Halloween, we dress up. Mike and I dress up. Mike was Deion Sanders. I was Jim Harbaugh. Um, Mike had the hat and the sunglasses and a, a sweatshirt that said Prime. I had the big Michigan M. You see Harbaugh. Harbaugh looks the same in every game that he coaches, it's always the same outfit. Um, At one point, and this was sort of weird, Matt Williamson came over and brought not just the sweatshirt and the hat and the glasses were later delivered, but the, you know, the headset that Harbaugh wears. And I would put the headset on and then I would try to put the hat on and I would say to Matt Williamson, we need a bigger hat. I can't get the hat over the headset. And he looked at me like I was from the moon because it really was and He said, no, no, put the hat on first, put the headset over it. And I said, am I that stupid?
1: You've only been doing
0: TV for 27 years. Yes, I am years. that stupid. Um, and so, and, and one of the things, and I don't know if this was Rideholm's idea or Kelleher's idea, but we had somebody at the set with Wilbon pretending to be Connor Stallion, who was the guy who has been filming all the signals of all the other teams for the University of Michigan. And I've had a bunch of comments from people saying that that bit was great, that he would stand up every once in a while. I don't see the set while I'm talking to Mike. I'm looking at prompter most of the time. I'm not looking at at the actual show that's on. And he would stand up every once in a while, hold up an iPhone, film Dion, and then crouch back down. And everybody loved that idea. So if it was Kelleher's or Rideholm's or whoever had the idea... That was, now, a was your really... costume
1: deep enough to have like the Venmo receipts from where you? Were sending them onto these uh, secondary websites <laughs> no, to secure
0: tickets it. on the fifty? I didn't have anything like that. When this story no. broke, where you get the grainy footage? You can have a clear image, and they just circle him on the sideline. Just wonderful. Uh, we also from Gary Dell. We got a big bag of my dad's chips. We got new flavors, and there are new flavors. Flavor there's French updates. onion, and there's jalapeno sriracha. Sriracha? Yes, a jalapeno Is that how sriracha. It's pronounced? sriracha? Oh, and we've had a hol- uh, we've had a sriracha shortage. Well, it, it, it's because it's all in my dad's chips, yeah. and I think Cleared I the made shelves. the mistake of calling them my father's chips a number of times. They're my dad's chips. They're really good, and they're sold uh, around here anyway in D.C. I'm seeing s- them everywhere. Sold at Stroh Snyder's, which is yeah. a hardware store. It's wonderful. <laughs> if only I could use my uh, my seventy five dollar over coupon on the, on the yeah chips. On, on potato chips. So so thank you to Gary for that. they I really like the original <clears throat> the original flavor and the balsamic vinegar. Vinegar the flavor. balsamic vinaigrette is unexpected. The balsamic vinaigrette, is really flavor. good. One last thing I'll say, and then I, we will get out of here. Yesterday was my last day to play weekday morning golf. And you say this every week. No, no, it was. Because yesterday was the last day of an 8 a.m. tee-off. Starting today, November 1st, it's a nine a.m. tee off in the morning, so even if I got out first, I could only play six or seven. Oh, but holes. the trade is, you can wear dungarees in certain parts of the club. Yeah, but not on the golf course. I can't wear them on the golf course. So it's and they and by the way, and they can't be torn, and they can't be ratty, and they can't be baggy. You iron yours, so it's okay. I do well, you know. So or I I pay someone to iron them. I used to iron them myself. I now pay people to do that. So I went out. I went out with Mike Monaghan and Al Serafino, and I got to play fourteen holes and it was cold yesterday morning relatively speaking but not terribly windy we were chilly the whole way around and wore you know wool hats and stuff like that but it was a great delight to play knowing that it was the last day i was going to go out and play i think i doubled or tripled the first 3 holes and then had a few pars and i really enjoyed myself i'm going to i'm really going to miss that cuz it was fun to do on tuesdays and still be able to make the call for PTI to kill her or Well, maybe in the, the off season, you can take an hour to practice your bunker play. I'm going to get somebody to teach me how to do it. Somebody who's not related to the me. A confessional? Yes. Someone who's not related to me because the person who's related to me who's a really good golfer who would teach me how to do it would be upset at my frustration and my childishness and my anger. So saving both of us from that.
1: Uh, apologies go in to advance to uh, Steve Delmar, head professional, and all, the entire Columbia Pro staff. <laughs> because I'm going to be
0: bad. Oh, but the other day, this was great. <clears throat> so Wilbon's favorite caddy, and one of my favorite caddies, because I have a lot of favorite caddies, is Yale at Columbia. And Yale comes up to me, and he says, I watch that show every day. Would you give me a shout-out? Well, he didn't say, would you? He said, give me a shout-out. Commanded it. So I shouted out at the end, shout-out to Yale. This is, you know, here's your shout-out. And I had three or four people who wrote me and said, w- why did you shout out Yale University? And I said, I didn't. And one person was bright enough to say, was that Yale that Finn said? That was Yale the caddy, wasn't it? And I said, yes, it was. And I said to Wilbon the end, golfer to know. shout out to Yale. You like Yale, right? And Wilbon goes, Ugh. <laughs> like that, which made us all <laughs> laugh so much. We thought that was very funny. That's not like he watches. <clears throat> he watches all the time. So that's the end. That's the end of my weekday morning golf until may until may uh, right? you'll be back i mean you know i can't do it until may you think i'm gonna go out at nine in the morning at 30 degrees i'm not gonna do that i've seen you play it worse that's too i've played with you in snow remember we played in snow in south in carolina oh we've done it in delaware too and delaware alan was upset in delaware when it snowed and we were upset in south carolina south carolina doesn't get that much snow every couple of years you get you, know, you get a dusting So we got it while we were playing with Champ. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, We will come back with Tim Kirchner. We'll talk about the World Series. I laid off on the World Series. Didn't want to talk about it because we've got Tim. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
1: Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
0: You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The
2: Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: Last week we played songs by Lydia McDavid that were beautiful. We have another song by Lydia McDavid. It is called Ghosted. And she plays lovely voice. Just a lovely voice. Lydia McDavid. And the song is Ghosted and it plays in... Tim Kirkchen. You can listen to it at the end of the show without me interrupting. And I make a lot of notes, you know, and I get ready for these interviews. So, of course, the first question I write down before the series started last night was, what do you make of the series so far? Second question was, who has the edge? You know, and the third question was, in the first game, lowest rated of all time. And I start writing these things down. And then I watch the World Series. And I need to know, is it Tori Lavello or Tori Lavullo? What how is the correct pronunciation, Tim?
2: It's Tori Lavello.
0: Even and though there's a U in it. Even though there's a yes. U. it's Lavello. He's,
2: he's a very interesting guy. He's, I'm going to be real close on this. His dad was the producer of Hee Haw. Really? And he was like really, really close friends with Buck Owens and Roy Clark. So he, he's told me a bunch of Hee Haw stories. Um, and he actually appeared on the Hee Haw show once as like a an eight seven year old, where he asks a joke of Roy Clark. He says, "Why is there a why does it take longer to get from second base to third base because there's a short stop in between?" Oh. And he told that joke as like a <laughs> seven year old on Hee Haw.
0: <laughs> wonderful that's great well he makes the first question today and he makes it because anybody watching the game would ask this question every move he made was wrong it immediately backfired (laughs) every single time he went to the mound it got worse now I've heard him after games he's a very attractive guy to listen to he really is but every move was wrong, and and to me, this is that whole bullpen game mentality. What were your thoughts about that?
2: Look, he's a really good manager. Period. And in this sport, you can do. Buck Showalter always taught me: just because something worked, or doesn't work out. Doesn't mean it was the wrong move. Just like, just because it it worked out, doesn't mean it wasn't the right move. The bottom line is this, Tony. Um, you you can't pitch to, to Corey Seager anymore, and that's and that exactly, was part of the issue. That's exactly but the, right. But the problem the problem with Corey Seager is he doesn't have a strike zone. He's not like your classic hitter who gets to two two and then hits a home run. He's sw- He's had fourteen first pitch home runs this year. Eleven wow. in the regular season, three in the postseason. That ties for the most in baseball. So. Most of the problem that Tori Lavello has had is trying to pitch to Corey Seeger and he hasn't had very much luck. And you're right, Tony. When you're going to throw a reliever to start Game 4 of the World Series, and then you're going to bring in three or four other <sighs> relievers who are used to pitching the 5th and the 6th inning of a regular season game, and now they're pitching the most important parts of the most important game of the season because you don't have a four starter, because no one has a four-starter anymore. We just fake it when we get to the four starter. That that leads to some problems.
0: Corey Seeger makes three hundred and twenty-five million dollars over the length of his contract and thirty-five million dollars this year. This is an enormous amount of money. He has been worth it in the World Series. He has hit three home runs. All three have been decisive home runs. He's the bet. I mean, I understand that Garcia, losing Garcia is a great blow, which is why I thought they had to win this game. I don't know that it gives them the World Series, but they had to go 3-1 or else I think that they would have lost to Arizona. But Corey Seager is worth it, is he not? He also made a great defensive play the other night.
2: Yes, Tony. He is going to finish second in the MVP voting this year, and he would have won if not for Shohei Ohtani. Last night, Travis Jankowski described Corey Seager after the game as the best player on the planet. That's what he has played like. In yeah. this postseason, Tony, he has three home runs in the World Series. No shortstop has ever done that. He has six homers in his World Series career. No shortstop has more than three. Now he has played the same number of postseason games as Reggie Jackson and has the, has more career postseason homers, 19, than Reggie Jackson had. And, Tony, you're right. These are not just throwaway homers oh, when you're 11-1. Homers. No. Every one of them has broken the game open. These or are not ended Dominic
0: Smith home runs, no, one solo home run when you're down 11 nothing. No. Every one of these games, tur- every one home runs turned the game. Turned the game. Right.
2: And so. Tony, I covered all 12 of their, their first 12 games in the postseason pre World Series. I covered every one of them from the booth. And I never saw Corey Seeger take batting practice on the field. He walks around the clubhouse with a tripod in his hand. He goes to some dark place in the clubhouse and and goes and hits with a tripod and his iPad up there. That's how he prepares for a game, Mm -hmm. is putting his iPad on a tripod, hitting, and then watching what he's doing. And it certainly works for him because he has been a wrecking ball in the postseason, especially in the World Series.
0: Do you count now – they are, by the way, the Texas Rangers are now 10-0 and on the road. 10-0 and on the road, and they get a road game tonight. So, you know, one might think, make it 11, and they win the World Series. Do you give Texas a clear and decisive edge in this World Series now?
2: Um, I think the Rangers are going to win the World Series. But, Tony, anyone who has watched this regular season, which was beyond unpredictable, the postseason has made Absolutely, oh, absolutely, no sense. Anyone right. who thinks they're going to win knows what's going to happen tonight. It hasn't been watching the postseason or the regular season. But given where the Rangers are, given that they're the streakiest team in the world, when they're bad, Tony, they're not a very good team. When they're right, they can beat any team. They're the best team in baseball, and I think that's what they're going to be before this is all over because once that lineup starts churning, it is really difficult to stop it because there is firepower from one through nine, led the league and run scored. A very dangerous offensive team. And tonight they have Nate Evaldi going. Yeah. He's their best pitcher. And until game one of the World Series, he had been absolutely unstoppable
0: in this postseason. Let me get to the ratings. The first game of the World Series. And it is not a draw. I'm sorry. Texas, Arizona they don't even affiliate with cities which makes people much more comfortable when you affiliate with a city than a state it was the lowest rated world series game of all time of all time wilbon says who needs i95 well i would say baseball needs i95 what are your thoughts about this um
2: I, i'm with will Bond on this look tony i'm 66 years old i have nothing to do with my life except for go to baseball games so if, <laughs> if if you think that i'm not going to be interested in a rangers diamondbacks and say this isn't any fun that's ridiculous corbin carroll is worth watching the game by himself
0: yes he's so great.
2: is Corey seager and so are some of those other guys on both of these teams But, yes, I understand the ratings are down. I understand they were going to be down. I'm just saying I think there are great, compelling stories from both of these teams, including the Rangers, who won 68 games last year. And they're probably going to win the World Series this year. Tell me another sport where that happens. So I think they're... Great stories on both of these teams, but I'm not surprised at all at the ratings. And I find that unfortunate because if you're really watching the games and these teams, there's a lot to talk about.
0: I can't leave Max Scherzer out of this conversation because I love him so. But is it time to go? I mean, he's 39. He'll be 40 next year. He's not going to turn down $40 million. Nobody's going to do that. But do you sense that it's time to go? Because the last two years, injury upon injury upon injury.
2: No, it's not time to go, Tony. He can still help a team. You just can't count on him anymore, and that's, that's an important factor here. You can't count on Max Scherzer to give you what Max Scherzer gives you because any sort of minor nagging injury, he's going to shut it down as he did the yeah. other night. Now, look, I've never had back spasm. I've never locked up. I have no idea what he's going through, and, and he knows his body better than anyone, and he knows I can't help the team if I'm like this. So he'll pitch next year. I think he'll pitch effectively next year. I just don't think you can pencil him in and say he's going to pitch 180 innings and win 14 games to be good in October. I just don't think you can do that anymore, given his his age and his injury history.
0: Uh, The only reason, by the way, that I don't want to count Arizona out yet um, is because Arizona faced a team— that is made up similarly to Texas in Philadelphia and came back on the road. And in Philadelphia, such a hard place to win, and you know, and won six and seven. So in my mind, I think if they can win tonight, they have a chance. But I, much like you, I favor Texas. But you know what I'm saying, right, about Arizona?
2: Yes. they What they did, first off, they beat the Brewers, who were pretty darn good. They wiped out the Dodgers. They swept the Dodgers and never trailed in three games against the Dodgers. And then they went into that madhouse in Philadelphia and beat the Phillies twice. This is a really young, hungry, fast, athletic team that is remarkably resilient. Their problem is they've run into a team that is equally resilient in that the Rangers lost eight games in a row this year. They lost 20 out of 30 and instead of panicking, Bruce Bochy just steered the ship and said, all right, we're coming back from this. And they did. So I think you never discount the Diamondbacks, but you also have to be very, very clear that the Rangers are just as resilient.
0: Let me thank you for mentioning Bochy because I have this one small question and I'll get you out on this. I read yesterday, there was I, it was a maybe a crawl. I don't even know if it was in the World Series or somewhere else that this is the third team Bruce Bochy has taken to the World Series. I know about the Giants. I drew a total blank on where else he had gone to the World Series.
2: Yeah. The 98 Padres, Tony went to the World Series with Bruce Bochy as the manager and they got wiped out by the Yankees who that's one of the greatest Yankee teams ever was the 98 Yankees. In fact, After the first two games of that series, the great Tony Gwynn looked at me and said rhetorically, he said, are they that good? And I had to tell him, Tony, they're that good. That's how good the 98 Yankees are. They clobbered the Padres, who were a good team. The Yankees were a absolutely tremendous team. So, yes, that Bruce Bochy has been there many times, and that's why he's going to win another World Series this year, barring a major change.
0: He's going to the Hall of Fame. Sure he's going to the Hall of Fame. Of course. I mean,
2: Three World Series, Tony. This could be this could be four, four. over two thousand victories. And again, I know this sounds corny. The day that guy showed up, the Rangers' fortune changed. And, and this is a bigger topic, Tony, but Chris Young, the brilliant Princeton graduate GM of the Rangers, gave the team to Bruce Bochy and said, We want you to manage the team and we want you to manage the game, and we're going to stay out of your way. What a concept, and it has really, really worked because he has such a great feel for players, especially bullpen pitchers.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. We will all be watching tonight, and maybe it will end tonight. Thanks, Tim. See you, Tony. Tim Kirchin, boys and girls. We will take a break. Chuck Todd will pick some games when we return, as will Reginald. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a band called Beef, not B-E-E-F, but B-E-E-E-F, triple E for Beef. Perry Eaton sends this. This is the new single from the band called Nice Clean Shirt. The song will be available for streaming everywhere this coming Friday, today's Wednesday. It's the first single off Beef's upcoming third album. And he writes, we're celebrating with a single release show on Saturday, uh, the 4th, at the Rockwell in Somerville. So tickets are available for anyone who happens to be in the Boston area, Somerville, Massachusetts. We're big fans of yours. We'd be honored if you play the song on the show. Happy to play the song on the show. Nice, clean shirt. Michael, if original musical people like Beef want to send us... Their stuff, how do they do it? We have the beef. Uh, send us your yes. music by do emailing it. it to jingles at com. And they play in Chuck Todd, and this week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Chuck had a very good week, 5-1-1. One, one. I guess the one was the Jets and Giants, is my guess. 34-20-2 overall. Most, the best record. This is,
4: Yeah, but the Jets and Giants, we also gave you the under. You and I basically said, The hey, under, yeah.
0: Yeah. There was it was a freebie. It was uh, twenty-four punts. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like if you're on a good team, seriously, if you're on a Super yeah. Bowl champion team, like the punter for Kansas City or San Francisco in a Super Bowl year, might punt thirty times all year. All might year. not, right? Yeah. Twenty-four punts <laughs> in one game. That was awful. That was that would set football back. It was just terrible. By the way. Terrible. By the way, in news this morning that the Raiders, who are awful, the Raiders have three wins against the Broncos, the the Patriots, and the Packers, who are all also awful. They fired Josh McDaniels. They fired him. Um, he's been a terrible head coach twice and a great coordinator every other time. What do you make of that?
4: Yeah, I mean, he just do not know how to be a head coach. Ah. I think that's pretty clear. And he, but his offense is... I, I don't know. Let me ask you this. So Bill O'Brien, he's been a – I think he, you could say he's had a successful – he's had successful stints as
0: head coach. He's of the best the Belichick playoffs. lineage guy. You know he's where the I'm best going. One. Yeah.
4: Charlie Weiss, no. Josh McDaniels, these guys, they're – and you wonder
0: – Romeo Crennel, no good.
4: Do you actually not learn how to be a head coach from Belichick? Is he such a control freak? You know, I think you work for some guys and these guys learn how to be head coaches. And you work for other guys, maybe, and you just don't, you know, maybe he doesn't mentor people the way we think.
0: Maybe he's sort of like Brett Favre was to Aaron Rodgers. You can watch me, but don't talk to me, and don't attempt to study me. Maybe. Let's get to the betting. Great game. (laughs) Probably not the best game on the board, but one of the best games on the board in Germany. 9.30 in the morning start on Sunday. Good. You're not doing it. You don't have to do a Thursday game this week uh, to bet with us. Miami, Kansas City. Miami plus two and a half. Miami coming out of a win. Kansas City coming out of an embarrassing loss, actually, an embarrassing loss to Denver at Denver. Wilbon blames Matt Nagy for all the problems in Kansas City because Wilbon hates Matt Nagy. Are you tempted to take the two and a half in Germany?
4: I just don't trust the Dolphins to travel well. Uh, on this, they seem, and, and, we've, and we've also learned when they step up in class. They lose. They, they, they don't do so hot. Throw in the, I thought, the Chief's going to lose two in a row type of uh, mindset. Uh, why is this game in Germany? Why nah. is this game at 930? This is, <laughs> this is a game we'd want to watch on Sunday night at 4 p.m.
0: Sure. sure. Uh, anyway, sure.
4: but give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. If it's any
0: consolation, it probably is a 4 p.m. start in Germany. It probably is, but it's (laughs) 9.30 for us. All right, Minnesota, they just got Josh Dobbs, but he's not going to play in this game. He can't learn the offense in two days. Um, Minnesota plus four and a half at Atlanta. They don't have Kirk Cousins. I don't know what they've got. Atlanta... Is not a good team, but they hang in there in games. They really do. They almost always have a chance to win late, and it's almost always like a twenty-one seventeen situation. Will you take the four and a half or take the home team?
4: I just don't know how. Uh, I mean, they're without Justin Jefferson, they're without Kirk Cousins. I yeah. don't, and they don't have much of a running game. I don't know how Minnesota scores points. I hear you on the Falcons. I think the Falcons are a good team, just have a bad quarterback.
0: Okay, Desmond Ritter.
4: Issue?
0: Yeah, yeah, Desmond Ritter. Yeah,
4: I mean, well, you, I, that feels like a team that if it had a a you know reasonable quarterback, they and they uh, they they'd probably have two more wins. Uh, four and a half. Man, that is. I hate that number. It's a ter- you know, that's just
3: because
4: hmm. it's really a touchdown, right? It's really yes. you're really asking yourself touchdown or no touchdown. That's a lot to ask Atlanta to do. But how do you bet on? You can't bet on, you can't yeah, bet on Minnesota. You the, can't bet on the on the rookie kid playing a road game. So no, give me
0: the no, totally impossible. So you take Atlanta. Yeah. Here's a really good game: Seattle at Baltimore. Now you got to go all the way across the country if you're Seattle. And it's tough to do that. Baltimore is coming off a great win and then a you know, a win that backed it up on the road in Arizona. Seattle won very late in that game and covered because they got a touchdown. Um, Seattle plus five and it has. Plus five and a half. Now, Baltimore has the best defense in the league, only allowing 15 points a game. Who do you like in this? Seattle has a knack.
4: They, they don't have – they do pretty well when they travel west to east, I feel like. They're not as bad as some of these other teams. Five – That's a, a, that number again. Five and a half. Five and yeah. a half.
0: It's a touchdown.
4: I, 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 give me Seattle. Okay. This feels like it'll be within a field goal. Okay. Great. I, 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 I think that's right. I don't. I, feels like Baltimore is also due for one of their. Huh. How come they're not dominating
0: games? Okay. That, uh, I'll buy that. All right. Um, here's another really good game Dallas at Philadelphia. Dallas is the hardest team to figure out in the league. They either win by 20 or they lose by 20. They don't. That's what they've done. Philadelphia is a steady, grinding team. They only have one loss. They don't get embarrassed. They don't blow people out either. Dallas getting three at Philly, which is a great number because it's, because you honestly look at a game like that and you say, yeah, that makes sense to me. Who you like? I I, I completely agree. It's a fair number. And I, I you can't bet on doubt Dal- D- until
4: Dallas wins one of these games. Why bet on Dallas? Right? right. Whenever they've stepped up, that's another team. They step up, right. What And then they
0: step down. back. Yeah,
4: exactly. So, and this, This is Philly all the way. Philly all day or or I would pass.
0: Okay. Here is another great game. Sunday night. Buffalo, which desperately needs to win because they can't convince anyone, even themselves probably, that they're still a good team, at Cincinnati with Joe Burrow apparently healthy on Sunday night. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. Anyone who looks at him when he's healthy – Understands that probably had the greatest year of any collegiate quarterback of all time, winning the national championship, and walked right into the NFL and knows what he's doing. Buffalo needs to win this game. So does Cincinnati. It's a really good game. Buffalo plus three. yes yeah, Cincinnati's. Are they still technically in in last
4: place in their division?
0: Are they behind Cleveland? And Pittsburgh? I know they're behind Baltimore because Baltimore beat them. They were
4: behind. They were behind both of them going into that Niners game, right?
3: They were. Well, they're three four and three. three. They're four they're and three four now. And three. I don't know. I think so I don't Pittsburgh's
4: know. four and three now. And I Cleveland, can't, I don't remember where Cleveland is.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, everybody's four and three except the Ravens, who are six and yeah. two. Uh, yeah. So the Bengals are technically in last. On
4: there, you go. See, I, best I, last I,
3: place I, team I, in the NFL.
4: I was just gonna say. I think they're. <laughs> I think this is one. I just feel like they're on. A, they're going to be on a roll for a while now. Now that they're all healthy, uh, give me the Bengals.
0: Okay, I love when the hockey players say we're on a heater. We're on a heater. I never love that term. <clears throat> Here's a terrible game, Monday night game. I, I, you know, I understand why they schedule the Jets three times. They thought they'd have Aaron Rodgers. Of course, you would schedule the Jets three <laughs> times. They don't have Aaron Rodgers. The Chargers, one of the ultimate. Disappointing teams all the time. And Chargers against the Jets. You would love to see Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to get that. Chargers somehow are getting three. Are they getting three? Okay. No. You'll... No. No. That's what Nigel wrote me. They're not getting three. What's he? What? What do you see in that? In the spread?
4: Hang on. You're saying the Chargers are getting three. Yeah, the I can't Jets believe that. Minus three. Minus points. three. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I wrote alarm. down,
0: all right, minus three. I'll check my phone. I'll check my phone. Okay, minus three. Yeah, Chargers can't no, be no, getting. No, no,
4: it's, no. It, it's the Chargers are favored by three.
0: Yeah, Chargers can't be getting points. Not against the Jets. Come on, stop. Okay. That like? said, I... You're going to say you like the Jets.
4: I really want him. I'm not going to lie to you. I, mm-hmm. I want, you know, they have good defense. This is, this is the type of game the
0: Chargers screw up. Yeah, but the don't Jets have a good own, defense, but they right? don't score. They can't score. Zach Wilson's terrible, right? You Him? watch. I, I watch. He's
4: terrible. I know. I know. This is about the Chargers in my head. Okay. This is the, just the type of game they mess up. They blow.
0: All right, so you'll take uh, the, the Jets. Road. You're I'm, taking the Jets.
4: I'm going to take the Jets and the points.
0: Yeah. Okay. You finally, and you got lucky late in the Philadelphia (laughs) game. Yes, I did. (laughs) You got lucky late, and Philadelphia covered with a late touchdown. Um, So you finally won a game by betting on the Washington game. Washington is at New England getting three. New England is terrible. They're a terrible team. Washington is getting three, and they just traded away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And Washington is getting three against a terrible team. There's no reason to watch this one, so I'm just going to force you to bet on it.
4: Who do you I, have? I, 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 the problem is the Patriots are favored. Like, do you really You feel good about laying points with them?
0: <laughs> no, no. They're right? bad. And they're then bad. you've
4: got IS. I, what do you think the locker room's like? Oh, they're trading away. They've given up. Right? What does that do to the psyche of players?
0: Um, it probably hurts the players, but it shows – there's, it is inescapable for Ron Rivera not to understand he's being fired at the end of the year. No matter what, yeah. no matter what, he's gone now. Right? He's gone. Yeah. They just undercut his whole team, and he's a defensive guy.
3: By the now, way, so,
4: how lucky is Chase Young? This
3: to go to can a team you be like in a that? better
4: spot. Can no. You be in a better spot with your former teammate Bosa, no, right? Did he play you, with him?
0: Yes, Bosa. So do, do you think he gets to drive out there in his Arlington Mercedes Benz? <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, it's so important to family. Do you think he gets to keep that car? I don't know. Yeah,
4: I tell you, man. You, you, you think they have? You think they have nice cars in Arlington? Wait till <laughs> he gets to Silicon Valley?
0: That's it. Got really nice I really. I
4: mean, there's going to be some really nice cars.
0: All right. Who
4: got, got this? I, Who you got? Give me the give me the Patriots because I'm going to bet again. I'm going to bet that the uh, Commanders mail it in. That it's over. That the it's team, an un, it's an under. That, this
0: is an under. Is a, this oh, is an under. Gosh, yes. <laughs> this is an under. You know, Chuck. There are so many. There are far more bad teams in the NFL this year than good teams. Far yeah, more. It's, fair, it's, it's just like there's, there's, so there's so much eight bad, terrible teams it's because there's there's terrible
4: quarterback play. Yes, like, you're right. R- horrible. I mean, I say it. The Packers. It's been terrible. Oh, Jordan. Love talked awful. about the Falc We talked about the Falcon is awful.
0: Zach right. Wilson's awful. Eh, just, they're just no good. And well, look
4: at and then the injuries. Look at what the Vikings are. Jaron Hall. I had to look that one up. I don't know. They, was Jaron Hall married to Mick Jagger? That's <laughs> that the same. I don't, I guess, like <laughs>
0: it's a long time ago. You got to be old. Yeah. Thank you, Chuck. Right, Chuck Todd, it. boys and girls. And if we gave you Chuck Todd and Chuck Todd alone, that would be enough. But we give you. A monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple at Sing along, Nigel's everybody. to the zoo zoo zoo, zoo. zoo, zoo, Reginald's got the bikes. Bye, by too. Sometimes he throws his poo poo, poo. poo, poo, And he's had too much Johnny, Johnny Walker, Blue. Walker Blue. So we don't have uh, Nigel. Nigel's still out. But Nigel ceded this thing the responsibility to Sean and Sean you have contacted Reginald have you not
3: yes uh, we I uh, got on a zoom call with uh, with the National Zoo and Fantastic. Uh, they connected me with Reginald good and uh, video it, on yes it was it was because he can only show me pictures so um, right. I, I kind of needed the video. So, what are the
0: games? What uh, has he got? He so, was well. He had his best week. I, he was one, one, and one last week. That's his best week. He's seven, sixteen, and one. He, he's bringing up the rear. He, he told me he's going to go
3: three and zero this week. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, first, I spoke to him about the uh, Chargers Jets game uh, with the Chargers minus three, and he showed me a picture. Of, of him, it looked like it was in the Dodger Stadium locker room with Steve Garvey and Tommy Lasorda. They were spraying each other with champagne, so I think that ties him to the Los Angeles area. <laughs>
0: he ties and, him to Los Angeles, but in those days, they were the San Diego Chargers,
3: but okay. It's very confusing, okay. but I think that yeah. means the Chargers minus three. Okay. Um, next up, uh, we talked about the, uh, the uh, Bills against Cincinnati, and again, he uh, pulled out a picture that... Uh, uh, this was an odd one. It was he, um, Thurman Thomas, and Dominic so I, uh Dominic Hasek? Yeah. I'd Going I'd, for the Sabres goalie. I'd, All right. Know, yes, exactly. So I All think right. he thinks that the Bills Bill will be on a heater plus three. Okay. Um, and then, of course, we talked about the uh, Washington football team's game, uh, plus three against the Pats, and he pulled out a picture of John Riggins and George Allen. And he. So he's going with Washington. So he's taking Washington plus. He's
0: going points. against Chuck Todd. Usually he goes with Chuck Todd on these games. Now he goes against Chuck Todd. Yes. That's interesting.
3: All right. Well, that, that was a good job by him.
0: And we'll get out of here. This week's picks by Chuck Todd and Reginald have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. And we will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
2: This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. <laughs>
5: mailbag. Got your email, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. I'm gonna read some for all of you folks.
0: That's Kirsten Onstead accompanying herself on the ukulele. Very sweet. Michael, why don't you do the Bethesda Bagel ad and tell us about your adventure this morning?
1: Another drive in the dark. Bethesda Bagels working overtime today, so if you got some Bethesda Bagel catering, I hope you'd enjoyed it. Uh, Bethesda Bagels, the closest one locust, uh, located for us, is on Bethesda
0: Avenue. Uh, wonderful service. Uh, go check it out. Okay, that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, come with me, my love, to the sea, the sea of love. I want to tell you just how much I love you. That's Phil Phillips with a song called Sea of Love from the 1950s. It's a great song. It's a better movie with Ellen Barkin and Al Pacino. It is a great movie. Thanks to our Sea of Love. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Tim Kirchin. Thanks to our sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We have a uh, Halloween haiku from Shad. Mallow Cups, Sky Bars, Cherry Smash, Zagnut, Mounds Bars. I am pro-candy. Um, I am pro-candy. I don't know Cherry Smash. I don't know what that is. Michael, do you know what Cherry Smash I don't,
1: is? but I have a feeling you won't like it. I, You're more guess. of a chocolate-based Halloween candy yes. guy, right? Yes,
0: yes. Well, Butterfinger, I always like Butterfinger, and I always like Payday, of course, and they are not chocolate-based, and I do like them. Uh, from Tamara, our friend Tamara, Tamara Graham who go? who is the biggest Denver Broncos fan in the world, they were at the Chiefs game. She and her daughter, Allie, and said, Allie and I made the Jumbotron at Mile High Stadium yesterday. Huge win for us. Love, Tam, we're your biggest fan. That is so nice. Pictures of them on the Jumbotron. Going so immediately
1: nice. to the top of the pile.
0: Yeah. Uh, Brett Hobbs, Linton, Indiana. As I sit here waiting on my MRI, thank you, Blue Cross, for not being Cigna. I'm listening to yesterday's podcast. The bad songs of the 70s came up, and I wanted to add one to the list that I wish to be deleted from my brain. My father owned a pizza restaurant when I was growing up, and my brothers and I all worked there for the great sum of 50 cents an hour. Of course, we got all the pizza we could eat. The place had a jukebox, and as Tony can recall, the jukebox was the Nielsen rating system of its time. If a song registered a lot of plays on a jukebox, then it stayed. If it did not, it was replaced with another record to tickle the listener's fancy. Since we were employees of the restaurant, we knew how to get free songs played whenever we wanted. My brother Rick fell in love with... uh, with Shambhala by Three Dog Night. I think he single-handedly kept that song on the jukebox. That was J7 for three years and probably on Casey Kasem's top 40 list for years. I hated that song. Every time he felt the need to press J7, I pressed G6, Frankenstein by like the Edgar G6. Winter Group to rock that song out of my brain. P.S. As for the song Brandy, being an ex-sailor I will have to disagree with you. I'm sure most sailors would ask you to step outside for besmirching such a fine song about a sailor man. Tim Cree, Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm not sure I can recall another time when something read on this program has also happened to me. But Monday, you mentioned the article about a baseball game with a line drive off the pitcher. I had the same thing. Playing summer softball, age 11 or 12, all the city parks would play a schedule against the others. This game, the pitcher was one of the tallest kids I'd ever seen, age 11 or 12 like us, easily six feet tall. And the weird thing was he appeared to be wearing dress shoes. I don't know what that was about. (laughs) Anyway, I hit a blast up the middle right off his head so hard that the ricochet went over the second baseman into the outfield. Freaked out that I just killed someone. I ran to first with no clue what to do. The coaches and adults helped him off the field, and I never saw that kid again in my life. I hope he doesn't hold a grudge. I hope so, too, because now he knows. Uh, From Laurie in D.C., Chuck and Roxy, episode 91. Here's why I proudly wear my Jingle Fest T-shirts around the D.C. area whenever I can. I found out this week that the eye doctor specialist I've been going to for years is a loyal little. We reminisced about chatter and exchanged high fives and a hearty Lachiserie to the apparent amazement of his assistants. I refrained from giving a TK salute given the professional surroundings. We agreed that smart and funny is the way to go. So I sh- should wear a lacheserie shirt when I get my uh, LASIK checkup next week? Yes, you should definitely wear it. You never know. This is from DG, who writes, PG and I are on our way down to PGA for three months with golf privileges. I was on 95 yesterday, drove through Fred's, Fredericksburg at 75 miles an hour and thought of you. I've never ever gone to Fredericksburg without being stopped for over an hour wow we have plenty of room if you and Michael want to come down for a few days have a great winter talk soon regards DG he has since sent me pictures from the PGA golf courses you know uh and and lovely it's your favorite Publix yeah it is my favorite Publix the fresh bread too um Neville oh Neville come out for a fun evening of storytelling featuring me Story District and Mortified D.C. present Freaks and Geeks at the D.C. Improv. 1140 Connecticut Avenue Northwest, Thursday, November 9th. Doors open at 6. Performances start at 7.30. The stories will focus on those awkward teenage years that we have thankfully and hopefully outgrown. General admission tickets are $25, available at either D.C. Improv or StoryDistrict.org. Thanks, Neville. The lineup also includes Washington Post humor columnist Alexander Petri. Isn't that nice? sort of hoping it would be a recap of his back nine. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be great. Uh, So that's Thursday. That's next Thursday, not tomorrow. Thursday. Good for Neville. James Cox, Charlottesville, Virginia. Growing up south of Alexandria and going to Senators games at RFK. I want to share my youthful memories of Senator's great Frank Howard, who died. I add parenthetically at age 87, I believe, the other day. I was about 11 when somehow through the contacts of a friend's father, my friend and I were able to go into the Senators locker room before a game. And meet Ted Williams and Frank Howard. We have the pictures of us in our Little League baseball t-shirts to prove it. Of course, Frank seemed like a giant to us as he draped his arms around us for the picture. Well, he was 6'7". Besides his Ruthian home runs, my memories of Frank on the ball field are twofold. He always touched second base on the way out to the outfield at the beginning of an inning. And he had the most conspicuous flip-down sunglasses, which we treasured when we went to a game in the giveaway were Frank's signature black flip-down and up sunglasses. Of course, he also homered at the hometown 100th anniversary of baseball all-star game at RFK in 1969, which game had a, uh, an all-star line of true immortals. Just check out the roster. That's very nice. And he says, I went to the last game they won at RFK on September 28, 1971 versus the Yankees, since they lost the next game and forfeited the game after that. From Brett Kirkland, I was in your backyard running in the Marine Corps Marathon Sunday, crisscrossing the DMV. The PTI and Tony show podcasts are always my go-to listens for my marathon training runs right in one of Wilbon's many backyards. Phoenix where I live makes those runs fly by a lot of running through the desert with you Wilbon, Michael, Nigel, the gang so much. So there was only one choice for my post-race lunch, Bethesda bagel conveniently located just a few blocks from the finish line in Arlington. I would have gone to chatter, but alas, I went with the bagel sandwich. You all love them. I did as well. Isn't that nice. That's great. That's really nice from Patrick sitter, our friend in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for not streaming. Watching you utilize a male stripper for a change machine would have been unsettling. From Bill Isaacson, Chuck and Roxy, the wedding episodes, the worst song of the 70s is easy because it happened twice. Muskrat Love by America. And somehow it got worse in 1976 with the Captain and Tennille. I think it was human and animal cruelty, even for the muskrats who heard it. I have to tell you that I loved Love Will Keep Us Together by Captain and Tennille. Muskrat Love is terrible. It's Awful beyond words. He's right. It stinks. From Brandon Borzelli in Lebanon, New Jersey. Imagine if one of the Don's children were to post something about themselves online, what his reaction might be. Sure, he might simply comment on the post with something along the lines of, I spoil my children. As you can tell, they talk when you should listen. When they should listen, or perhaps he might comment trying to divert the conversation with something like Tatalia's is a pimp. More than likely, he would burst into the room, grab their phone, shake them a little, slap them in the face, yelling, you can act like a man. What's the matter with you? This is exactly how I feel. From Mark Cullen in Massachusetts. Thank you for the betting advice on the Jets-Giants game. It was my only win this weekend. and I really needed it. I said, take the under. I didn't care if the under was 25 (laughs) points. Take the under. And the under was in the 30s, obviously, and it ended 13 to 10. So it was a good bet. From Fred Chavez in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You make a good choice to stay away from Costco. I'm hooked, but it'll drive you nuts more than Wilbon does. It's store practice to keep moving inventory around, so you have to walk all over that huge warehouse to find an item on your list. They're counting on impulse purchases, of course, and it works. Last time I bought a huge bag of pistachios that wasn't on my list. Walking out of the store uh, to the lady who pretends to check your purchase, me, why do you move inventory all over so that I have to walk all over to find something I want? She, we specialize in that. Thanks, as always, for keeping this old man from taking life too seriously. Did you get a $1.50 hot dog? Is that what they have there? Yeah. They have hot so, dogs? yeah you spend, You're spend you allowed to eat in the store. You spend hundreds of dollars on, on groceries, and then you get a $1.50 hot dog. Okay. From Elliot Olshansky, our friend in Comac, Long Island. On Monday's show, you remarked that someone named Tommy DeVito played quarterback for the Giants on Sunday. Then quip for all you know, he could be Danny DeVito's kid. Well, he's not. But last year, Danny DeVito's actual daughter, Lucy, starred in Menorah in the Middle, a holiday romantic comedy that sort of typically airs on the Hallmark Channel, but in this case, streams on the Hulu. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, because throughout the movie, musical commentary is provided by the one and only Dan Byrne, who functions as a kind of Greek chorus to the story. So your offhand remark actually turned into a nod to the TK Show's Poet Laureate, or would that be shared? Connective tissue of the show, indeed. Isn't that something? Yeah. Wow. I, I tried to get through it. Watched about the first 30 minutes. I was behind this car on 29, just south of the Beltway this weekend. Did Nigel trade up from the Z4? Or is this a local little? Either way, I was trying to get a picture before I couldn't and forgot to give the driver a TK salute. Reset my board to zero. It is a BMW, a BMW coupe, and it's, it's a license plate that says TK salute, S-A-L-U-T. That's unbelievable. That's fantastic. That's unbelievable. We need to find... That that guy has to email us. And one more. Mark Shomer in Sarver, Pennsylvania. You know where Sarver is? I have no clue. Okay. While at a Halloween party this past weekend, I made a gentleman... His name was Neil Sanders. He began to tell stories of growing up and playing basketball for West Hempstead and facing Roosevelt in the playoffs. He was freshman, guarding their star player Julius Irving and holding him to 28 points. I wondered out loud if he knew you since I heard of these schools on your show. He assured me he did, and in fact had played golf in front of you at Bethpage Black. You had signed his business card at the (laughs) end of the round. I assume he did not stop for a snack at the turn. Wow, that's a complete wow to me. I don't me. remember
1: you sleeping in your car overnight for Beth Page.
0: No, well, you have to do that in order to get on the course. That that's such a wow to me. That's great. If you're out on your bike tonight, to everyone as always, do wear white. If I wish one of your guys had children, if so I could kick them in their f- head or stomp on their testicles, before you could feel my pain because that's the pain I have waking up every day.
5: Feel so good about the situation. Think you misunderstood my invitation. Maybe you took it the wrong way. So now you're throwing it all away. I tried to reach out, but I. in every man You say it to my face and feeling